Tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islanders fresh off a 1-0 victory over the Colorado Avalanche at the Nassau Coliseum last night. We will have a full analysis and breakdown of that game. We will also preview tonight's game at Newark against the New Jersey Devils. Big divisional matchup there. And, of course, we'll have this date in Islanders history and a lot more to talk about as the Islanders look to build on this uh, win over Colorado that was encouraging in a lot of ways, but still... A lot of issues to be talked about. Now, if you want to join the conversation, you can email the show. The email address, as always, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. Leave your name and where you're from, and we'll mention you and your question or comment on the air and discuss whatever happens to be on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. Alright, let's get started with the hockey game at the Coliseum last night. A one to nothing victory for the Islanders in a game they absolutely really needed to have. Simeon Varlamov in goal against his former team, Pavel Franku in goal for the Colorado Avalanche. The scratches for the Islanders, Sebastian Ajo and Ross Johnston sitting it out, and things got underway. Early Islanders had the first power play of the game in the first period when JT Comfer of the Avs tripped up Josh Bailey at 531. The Islanders had a few good scoring chances early, uh, had another chance or two late, but were unable to convert on the power play. But the good thing that if the Islander fan has to observe, you know, those first seven minutes or so of this game, seven and a half minutes, Islanders out shooting the Avs nine to two. And that's the kind of situation you want to be in. You're at home. You're playing a fairly explosive team. I mean, again, Colorado comes into last night's game ranked first in the league in goals scored. Nathan McKinnon, obviously one of the most dangerous weapons offensively in the league. And the Islanders did a pretty good job of uh, keeping the Avs in check. Now, the Islanders were shorthanded late in the period at 
15-29, Derek Broussard took down Nikita Zadarov. The call was hooking, and it was the Colorado power play that had a chance, but the Islanders did a solid job of killing off the penalty as the Avalanche did not even register a shot on goal. At the end of 20 minutes, all even on the scoreboard, 0-0, but the Islanders out shooting the Avalanche by a margin of 15-5, to and that is certainly an encouraging first period. But the frustrating thing, and, and I think this sort of carried over to the entire game, Islanders getting their chances, 15 shots in 20 minutes of hockey, but the goals just aren't coming, and that has to be uh, extremely frustrating for all concerned. This team needs to pick up its scoring pace if they hope to get back into uh, contention in the Metropolitan Division. The Islanders gave up an odd man rush early on in the second period when uh, Donskoy was able to find Graves and uh, basically Ryan Graves came down. The defenseman had a good scoring opportunity, but Simeon Varlamov playing against his former team comes up with the big save and the Islanders basically uh, maintain the 0-0 tie at that point. Now, the Islanders basically, again, playing a solid second period, but they did have a couple of lapses, and one of them made an apparent uh, scoring chance. First of all, Nazem Kadri had a good scoring chance down low, just outside the crease. He lifted up a backhander, high glove side, but Varlamov's glove was just a little bit faster than Kadri's shot. Then, the, uh, Avalanche scored what appeared to be a go-ahead goal at 13:51 of the second period as uh, Zadarov managed to beat Varlamov, but the Islanders challenged Barry Trotz and the video coaches up in the press box said, hey, looks like an offside. There is a long review and the goal is waved off as offside is the, sh- the, the call. Shots on goal in the second period, a little bit more one-sided. The Avalanche had, uh, you know, a much better second period as far as the shots were concerned. It was still 24-20 in favor of the Islanders after 40 minutes, and we were still uh, scoreless at that point. Now, the crazy thing is that Varlamov and the defense able to keep the Islanders in this game. Islanders finally break the 0-0 tie. 6.54 into the third period. Anders Lee with the goal, his 12th of the year, from Devon Tays and Michael Dalcole, who hasn't been playing a heck of a lot. Uh, and that was a big goal for Lee. And a 1-0 lead for the Islanders. First goal for Anders Lee in six games, and the Islanders scored a goal for the first time in over two complete games. 139 minutes and 21 second drought. And uh, looks like, uh, you know, finally that ends, and the Islanders hold the 1-0 lead. Casey Sezikis had a good scoring chance on a wraparound, 
but wasn't able to beat uh, the goaltender. And uh, Frankus makes a good stop. Then Varlamov stopping Landeskog midway through the third period. Landeskog had a very good chance, but again, a, uh, a big stop by the one and only Simeon Varlamov, who played at the top of his game tonight. And then again, the Islanders take the stupid penalty. Scott Mayfield called for interfering with JT Comfer at 12.22. And with, you know, 7.38 left in regulation time, the uh, Islanders find themselves shorthanded. But the penalty kill comes up big. And, you know, the cliche, and I mention it plenty of times, uh, is, you know, your goaltender should be your best penalty killer. Well, in this case, the goaltender didn't have to be because for the second straight power play, the Islanders do not give up a shot on goal. Colorado pulls their goalie late, but they are unable to get the equalizer, and the Islanders skate away with a one to nothing victory to earn two points and uh, get off the schneid, but still a lot to discuss, especially the lack of offense for this New York Islanders team. All right, we're going to take a brief break. When we come back, we will have some more analysis and statistical breakdown from last night's game. We'll have a full preview of tonight's game in Newark against the Devils. And of course, we will have our look back at this date in Islanders history. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, so here are some statistics from last night's game. First of all, Simeon Varlamov, 32 saves to earn his second shutout of the year and naturally uh, a shutout of his former team, the Avalanche. And after the game, of course, he's admitting, yeah, (laughs) can't lie, this really felt good. The big thing is that the Islanders essentially set a, uh, well, tied a franchise record with 33 blocked shots, including four by forward Brock Nelson, four by defenseman Ryan Pulak, and five by Johnny Boychuk. And uh, actually, all six Islanders defensemen that dressed had at least one block shot and only three players out of the 18 Islanders who dressed for this game did not record a block shot. So that's pretty impressive, uh, sacrificing your your body, realistically, uh, for the good of the team. Meanwhile, shots on goal, Anders Lee, who got the only goal of the game, uh, led the team with five shots on goal. Devin Tays and Nick Letty also had five shots. Johnny Boychuk uh, among defensemen also with four. But one area the Islanders really struggled was in the faceoff circle. Brock Nelson winning just seven out of 20. Matthew Barzal, one out of six. Casey Sezikis, four out of 10. Derek Broussard, three out of seven. The only one who was really uh, above 500 among players who took more than one draw Josh Bailey, who won five out of nine. Meanwhile, hits, not uh, as many as usual. A couple of players tied with three. Dal Cole and Martin had three hits each, as did Johnny Boychuk. You look at the shot chart, Islanders, you know, a lot of shots from the outside, 
whereas the Avalanche had more quality scoring chances from up close. But at the end of the day, uh, the Islanders get the win, and part of that came as a result of the challenge, which wiped out the one almost goal there by the Avalanche that would have given Colorado the one to nothing lead, but instead uh, the Islanders managed to escape and get that win. Here's the thing, though, and we've talked about this a bit. Big win uh, for the Islanders. They needed this one, and they get it. But at the same time, goal scoring, still a problem. Now, with the win, the Islanders are back in second place in the Metropolitan Division. They are eight points behind the Capitals with two games in hand. Pittsburgh tied with the Islanders in points, but one extra game played. So the Islanders officially in second place. And with this win, the Islanders have reached exactly the halfway mark of this season. But the the offense remains a struggle. And look, Anders Lee got the goal, so he now has one goal and one assist in his last six games. Anthony Bevilier, one assist in his last nine games. Josh Bailey, one assist in his last 11 games. Jordan Eberle, no points right now in his last six games. These are top-line players who you are counting on to put the puck in the net or to set up goals. Guys who you need performing at a high level offensively if your offense is going to shine. Right now, it seems that almost all of the Islanders' top offensive players are going into a slump at the same time. Now, getting Anders Lee... That goal is big, no question about it. But where is the extra offense going to come from? Where is the steady production going to come from? Because, you know, even when the Islanders were scoring goals in some of their recent games, we have seen that a lot of that production has been coming from the bottom six forwards, the role players, the Ross Johnstons, the Leo Kamarovs, the Casey Sezikises, uh, uh the Matt Martins. These are the guys who have been getting more goals in recent games rather than uh, the top six forwards. And while that can work sometimes over the short term, uh, as the expression goes, your best players need to be your best players The scary thing right now for the Islanders is just their lack of goal scoring. And if you look at it right now, the New York Islanders in their last three hockey games have scored two goals. That's not going to get it done over the long haul. Now, they are fortunate enough uh, to to have won one of those three games. And certainly breaking that two-game losing streak is a good thing. But... You're going to score two goals in three games. I guarantee you, you're not going to win uh, too many of those games. And, you know, do the Islanders go down to the farm and try to bring up a Kiefer Bellows who's red hot? Do you bring up an Andrew Ladd who's also producing a lot of points in Bridgeport right now? Is Joshua Hosang the kind of player who, if he's healthy, can come up and 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 
be effective or, you know, does his style of play so not fit the Barry Trotz model that he would be a distraction or a, or a problem for this team if they bring him up? I, I think they have to bring up somebody from Bridgeport at this point. One of the three players that I mentioned, I think, would be the top candidates. But I also think, you know, between now and the trade deadline, and you're looking at, you know, a month or so away, the Islanders have to bring in somebody. I'm not saying you're bringing in a 30 or 40 goal scorer, but maybe a guy who could score 20 to 25 and can add a little bit more consistency to this offense. That would be a welcome addition. All right, we are going to step aside for just a brief moment when we come back. This date in Islanders history, plus an in-depth preview of tonight's game in Newark against the Devils. All this and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, this date in Islanders history, we take you back to January 7th, 2003 at the Nassau Coliseum. Islanders and Pittsburgh Penguins in a division rivalry. Only one goal in the first period. It belonged to Sean Bates, his seventh at 15-22 with Oleg Kavasha and Trent Hunter getting the helpers. The Penguins came back early in the second period after goalie Chris Osgood of the Islanders was called for delay of game. Mario Lemieux scores on the power play his 20th of the year at 214. Martin Straka and Alex Kovalev with the assists and the game was even at one apiece. The Islanders, though, break back. Just 17 seconds after Lemieux's goal, Oleg Kavasha, his second from Trent Hunter, and the Islanders had a 2-1 lead. Then, three minutes, 24 seconds after that, Dave Scatcher gets his 11th from Jason Blake and Roman Hammerlick, and the Islanders had a 3-1 lead. They increased that less than two minutes later as Mark Parrish got his 18th from Aaron Asham and Michael Pekka at 7.25, and very quickly, it was 4-1 to one in favor of the Islanders, and Scatcherd made it 5-1 seven minutes later, his 12th from Roman Hammerlick and Jason Blake at 14.37, 5-1 Islanders. But the, uh, the Penguins kept themselves in the game. Five seconds left in the second stanza. Steve McKenna, his fourth from Straka and Randy Robitaille, and it's 5-2 after 40 minutes. But the Islanders put it away. A minute 17 into that third and final period, Scatcherd completes the hat trick, his 13th from Blake and Radek Martinek, and the Islanders had a 6-2 lead. A late goal by Vili Niemann from Robitaille and Kovalev makes the final 6-3 in favor of the Islanders. But overall, a strong game. John Sebastian Auban gave up all six goals. Chris Osgood, 28 saves for the Islanders to earn the victory. Scatchered with the hat trick in this game. Meanwhile, he had three goals on four shots. Three assists for Jason Blake. Trent Hunter and Roman Hammerlick had two assists each and a goal and an assist for Oleg Kavasha. Blake led the Islanders with six shots on goal in this game. The Islanders, on this date in Islanders history, beating the Penguins 6-3 on January 7th, 2003.
All right, so tonight the Islanders take to the road facing the New Jersey Devils in Newark. Second meeting of the year between these two teams. The last one coming just five days ago as the Devils edged the Islanders 2-1 to one, uh, in a home game for the Islanders. Now the uh, game in Newark. Devils 15-20-6, 36 points. That puts them in eighth or last place in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, they Their last game, a 5-2 to two loss to the same Colorado Avalanche that just uh, that the Islanders just defeated last night. Before that, three wins in a row for the Devils, beating the Islanders 2-1, as we mentioned, beating Boston 3-2, and beating Ottawa 4-3. So three straight one-goal games uh, won by the Devils before their loss to the Avs. Mackenzie Blackwood remains the top goaltender. He is... Uh, 14-11-5 in 29 starts, a 2-8-3 goals against average, and a 9-0-8 save percentage. Uh, the Islanders will be going with Tomas Grice in the second game of a back-to-back, despite the shutout by Varlamov last night. Kyle Palmieri remains the top scorer on this Devils team, 15 goals, 28 points, uh, and then you sort of pass it around. Nikita Gusev, uh, 24 points, 17 of those assists. Nico Heishire, uh 9 goals, 24 points. Sammy Vatanen, 22 points. Blake Coleman, 21 points. And, uh, you know, look, since dealing Taylor Hall, uh, their offense has not been the same. You look overall at the numbers of the Devils coming in, 30th or next to last in the league in goals scored, 27th, also near the bottom, in goals against the power play, 30th or next to last. The penalty kill, a little bit more respectable, 19th in the league. Uh, this is a team, again, that the Islanders should be able to beat, but they have struggled. And, uh, you know, lost to the Devils just uh, a few days ago. So, uh, Highshire is the center of the top line with Pavel Zaka and Kyle Palmieri on his wings. Veteran Travis Zajac, the second-line center with Blake Coleman and Nikita Gusev uh, flanking him. Ben Street centers the third line. On his left, Miles Wood, Wayne Simmons on his right. And then Kevin Rooney centers Jesper Boakvist and John Hayden on the fourth line. On defense, Andy Green and P.K. Subban make a formidable first pairing. Sammy Vatnin and Damon Severson are the second group. And then Mirko Mueller, the former San Jose Shark, and Will Butcher are the third pairing on defense. Uh, Gilles Sen is the backup goalie behind Mackenzie Blackwood. Jack Hughes, the top overall pick, close to being able to return, but not there yet. And Jesper Bratt also still out and injured for the New Jersey Devils. Again, as we mentioned, standings so tight, Islanders really need to be able to win this kind of a game uh, in order to keep themselves in second place in the Metropolitan Division and to try to get, you know, locked down uh, a little cushion for a playoff spot and, and maybe even home ice advantage in that first round. So pivotal stretch here for the New York Islanders and we'll see what they can do. Uh, that's going to do it for us today on Locked on Islanders. Please, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, 
uh, leave us a review and a rating on your uh, podcatcher of choice. It certainly helps other Islander fans to find the podcast and grow our Locked On Islanders family. Uh, We will be back tomorrow with a full analysis of this game in New Jersey against the Devils. Plus, of course, we have our weekly farm report and this Dayton Islanders history, plus a whole lot more. So join us tomorrow right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.